Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Halloween night, Wednesday, October 31st. This is our 99th episode. Zach, we're one away from the big 100. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Did you guys do anything fun? Yeah, we, uh, well, it, it started drizzling here, unfortunately, by the time I could get home. And uh, Winnie was beyond excited about trick-or-treating. So it kind of died down a little bit. And we had planned to do like a little hayride around the neighborhood. So, you know, we, uh, we did it. We went out into the drizzle, brought an umbrella, and went down one, a couple roads. And Winnie had a good time trick-or-treating, but we got soaked. <laughs> I'll say this for uh, for Jake Stanifer, episode 99, this is our last j- bit of jersey numbers. It's over after this, Jake. Ooh, wow. I know he's happy. Jake probably just did a, a fist pump somewhere. You know, he's yeah, probably. Uh, let's just roll through these real quickly, Zach, because I, I want to get to these. These are some of my favorite. 99 is one of my favorite jersey numbers in any sport, but 99 has been some of the best players of all time. The greatest hockey player of all time, Zach. I know you know this one. I know you're not a hockey fan, but who is the greatest hockey player ever? Wayne Gretzky. And you knew that from the office quote, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wayne Gretzky. The, he's, his nickname's the great one. He's the greatest hockey player of all time, arguably. Um, this is crazy. He played his first game in 1978 and retired in 1999. Wow. So tw- 21 years of playing professional hockey. Yeah. Uh, won four Stanley Cups, 18 All-Star games, nine-time Hart Memorial Trophy winner. So he won the MVP of the NHL nine times. Um, he has the most points all time, 2,857, which is nearly 1,000 more than the second most of all time. So just far and away, numbers-wise, the best player ever. Uh, moving out of hockey into the NFL, Warren Sapp, another 99, inducted in the Pro, Hall, Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2013, had 96.5 sacks, seven Pro Bowls, and four All-Pro selections in just 13 seasons. And then you had another guy in that same era, or same era, uh, also played in Florida. This was um, this was Jason Taylor. Played with the Miami Dolphins and the Redskins, and I think the Patriots. But he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2017. Member of that 2000s All Decade team, and he had 139.5 sacks in 15 seasons in the league. And then Zach, there are two current defensive players, both the defensive linemen, of course, and I think they're on track to be as good, if not better, than Warren Sapp and Jason Taylor. J.J. Watt, the first 99 that comes to mind, he has already posted 84 sacks and 19 forced fumbles in just 96 career games uh, since he was drafted 11th overall by the Texans in 2011. Zach, who was drafted number 10 overall that year right in front of J.J. Watt? Quarterback. Oh, I don't know. Who? Blaine Gabbert. Ah. And number eight overall that year? Jake Locker. Oh, man. So the Titans and Jags missed out on J.J. Watt, who went to the division rival in Houston. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so that's rough. Uh, this next one here, another 99. This is the best defensive player in football, hands down. He was the 2014 Defensive Rookie of the Year and last year's Defensive Player of the Year, three-time All-Pro member. Uh, he has 49 sacks and 10 forced fumbles in 70 games since he was drafted 13th overall by the Rams in 2014. This is Aaron Donald. Um, Zach, he was picked, like I just mentioned, 13th overall in 2014. Who, who do you think was picked 11th and 12th before Donald that year? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know if I want to know. 
Taylor Lewan and Odell Beckham Jr., so not bad. Okay, yeah. But before them, at number 10 overall, right. Eric Ebron. Ooh. Yeah, so the Lions paid for that one big time and missed out on a uh, the highest-paid left tackle of all time in Taylor Lewan, the highest-paid wide receiver of all time in Odell Beckham Jr., and now the highest-paid defensive player in Aaron Donald. So uh, bad news for the Lions there, but – those were all the 99s. Zach, do you have a favorite 99? I don't. The only one I thought of was J.J. Uh, Watt. So that's all I got. Yep. All right, let's move on here, Zach. I know we sometimes I ask you how your week's going. I don't really care this week because we have a lot to get to in the show. And instead of doing best part of the week, and we don't have a bumper for this because it is topical, it is Halloween, Zach. This is the candy holiday. And so I figured we could do a little midseason draft. All right, let's do it. Of Halloween candy, your favorite Halloween candy. Let's go. I'm ready. I'll let you go first. First oh. overall pick. Ooh. Well, don't mind if I do. I'll, with the first overall pick in the uh, 2018 Halloween candy uh, draft, um, I'm going to select Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, man, that was number one on my list as well. Ooh. I'll trade them to you. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm I'll trade them to I, you. know, we're, we're really good at trading our number one overall for our first round picks, so probably worked yeah. out. The Reese's peanut butter cup would turn into just peanuts. Right, yeah. Uh, okay, fine. So if you're going to go with peanut butter cup, that was my number one. I'm going just in ranking of like my favorite. So this isn't like what I think you're going to draft. I'm going to say take five. Take five? The take five bars with the pretzel and the caramel. Oh, man, you could have got that. You could have gotten take five like in the fifteenth round, easy. But that's but that's what I was just saying is it it's it's my that's favorite. A that's a reach. That's it a was, reach. It was my favorite. You're, it wasn't what I thought was going to go next. You're playing with your your heart, not your head, right there. You're drafting right there with your heart. All right, number three overall. Uh, number three overall, um, I'm going to select Snickers. Oh, see, that was my number nine selection. Oh, all right. Well, I just knew it wasn't going to get back to me, so I had to take it there. You're taking this draft very literally. I like it. All right, my number – the number four overall pick, Pace in Your Face takes Almond Joy. Gross. You don't like Almond Joy? Dude, Are you so serious? I discovered that I liked Almond Joy last Halloween because we bought this big bag of candy to hand out to the kids, and I picked out every single piece of Almond Joy from that bag and ate all of them by myself. Gosh. They're good, man. Uh, all right. Uh, next pick I'm going to take a frozen or refrigerated – Kit Kat bar. Ooh, all right. I had Kit Kat on the list, but when you add frozen or refrigerated to the mix, it, it adds some value. Yeah, all right. Your pick. All right. Uh, peanut M&Ms. Ooh, okay. That was on my list. That's good. I'll give that one to you. We may be uh, inquiring about a trade for that. All right. Okay. Uh, next pick, I want to take sour gummy worms. Sour gummy worms. Solid play. Uh, the red and the pink combo, right? Or red-blue? Oh, those are great, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Butterfinger. Butterfinger? Yep. Okay. Um, this, this is the steal of the draft right here. Oh, don't say it. Yeah, this is the steal. I want to take Reese's Pieces. Oh, okay. That's fine. I, yeah, who needs those? I thought you were going to say that's my neck. probably ne- what you thought when the Almond Brothers drafted James Conner, and that's what I just got in Reese's Pieces right there that late. No, what I was thinking you were going to take was my next pick, which is Twix. Oh, your your lineup. Y'all going to get the ice bucket. You don't like Twix? No, that's gross. See, this is like my favorite though. This isn't this isn't 
where Zach, this isn't uh, Mel Kuyper's, you know, top 10. Well, you're just, I mean, I, I would imagine most people are, are groaning with your picks right now. All right, next pick, Zach. Um, next pick. I'm just going to go with uh, some plain M&Ms, plain M&Ms. So you had Reese's Pieces, M&Ms, basically. And oh, then I, feel like I, want to, I feel like I want to change it, but you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, no take backs. Uh, I'm going to go – I have one on this list, Zach, and I'll say it later. I'm not going to pick this one because you'll rip me for it. So I'm just going to go a frozen Three Musketeers. Get that nougat. Uh, I think Sarah likes Three Musketeers. I don't really care for them. So. they got to be frozen. They're cold. I can't eat okay. them like yeah, yeah. lukewarm. Frozen. A lot of these candies frozen is good. All right, this is going to be my last one. This is going to be my last one. But I'm going to take Butterfinger. I already took that one. Did you really? And, yep. Oh, gosh. Party foul. Oh, gosh. Now everybody starts yelling at me, right? Okay. Yep. You get one more of those. Uh, all right. <laughs> Pressure's on. Pressure's on. Um, Just say Skittles. I'm gonna, I'm, no, no, no. No, no. I'm going to take the Sour Patch Kids. Okay, so it's two sours. I like yeah. it. Yes. I like gummy stuff, so Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, I do too. All right. Uh, okay. Pick. I think I already made my last pick, but I knew you were going to rip me for this one earlier. I'll just say it again. Uh, Mr. Goodbar. Oh, my gosh. Pace. It's got the almonds in it. I like it. Where do you shop for, for peanuts? Big lots? You go to Big Lots or something? Like some old store? This is gross. No, man. You, you got to remember, I'm the baby in the family. I got all the hand-me-down candy, the ones, yeah, that, people, yeah, the ones that my brothers didn't want. Yeah, you know? The ones that TP didn't want. I completely can see this. Okay. What do you all think? Right, well, what do you think TP's favorite candy is, just real quick? Oh, gosh. There's no telling. He probably just likes candy corn or something gross like that. No, no, no. It's Hershey's with almonds. Okay. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I could that's be his, done with that. That's his favorite. I like that one, too. Okay. All right. Well, that was a good draft. That was good. Yeah, I feel like if, if it were up to vote, Zach, who do you think would have won that draft? Um, easily my lineup would have. Wow. Yeah, no. I mean, like, possibly gone undefeated against yours. You could have gotten – all of your candy, like way down the way, 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 way down the line. But the, saying, hey, there's always next year. There's always you're, next say, year. you're saying that like a lot of my picks were like Josh Gordon going in the third round to ECW. Yes, yes, just, or just like, like that. Or yeah, like us, you know, trading Saquon Barkley away for Josh Gordon, you know, stuff like that. So, so me giving you the first overall pick, being nice, I should have just taken it and taken Reese's like I wanted. You should have. Yes. All right. Yeah. Enough candy talk, Zach. You know. Unless you want to keep doing this, we can move on. No, let's go. Let's let, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. All right, some NFL news. It is week nine. The season has flown by. Uh, football is back. I feel like I have to say that every episode. Uh, but, Zach, the biggest news of the week in the NFL is Cleveland Browns head coach and offensive coordinator Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley were both fired by the Browns. This was on uh, Monday, I believe. So Black Monday wasn't the Black Monday, but it was Black in Cleveland. Uh, so those guys are gone. Zach, what was your reaction to uh, mainly just Hugh Jackson getting fired finally? Uh, my first thought was Rob. You know, I just kind of was wondering what Rob thought. Probably just threw his hands up. Or maybe he's happy. I don't know. We should have had him on tonight. But we had him on a week too early, you know? Yeah, exactly. We, we should have asked him. Because, like, we, that, that was definitely a possibility a week ago when we had yeah. him on. But I saw uh, on the Rich Eisen show uh, when the news came out, he showed a clip, I guess, from Hard Knocks. And yes. Did you see that clip where, where uh, Todd Haley's trying to – he's bringing something up. Yeah. And Hugh Jackson just interrupts him. And you can see, like, 
just the body language of Todd Haley. He was just fed up with it. He was fed up with Hugh. And it was almost like Hugh had no respect for him. He just kind of downplayed anything he had to say. Didn't even let him finish. So, I mean, obviously that locker room, that, that needed to happen in my opinion. There were just too many quote-unquote alphas in that room, it felt like, with all the coaches there. Yep. And the guy who won out, it was a lot of internal struggling. And the guy who won that internal battle was Greg Williams, now named the interim head coach. He was a defensive coordinator. The guys had a crazy pass in the NFL. He was a uh, coach here in, in, in uh, Nashville with the Titans. He coached the Rams. He was involved with the Bounty Gate scandal in New Orleans. Uh, so I never thought Greg Williams would get a head coaching gig again. Um, yes, but he was, he was named the interim head coach. And I don't think there's a chance that he gets the head coaching gig. At least I don't hope that for the Browns. Uh, if you're Robin Jeff, you're hoping they, they go with, you know, a young mind and someone like a Sean McVay. I know those aren't like hard to come by, but you definitely don't want Greg Williams. Yeah, I agree. Here's a quote though, from Greg Williams. I thought this was interesting. This was from Wednesday. He's talking to the press and this is such a football guy move, but he says, I'm not looking for a whole lot of friends in life anymore. If I want a friend, I'll buy a Labrador. <laughs> so I just, that's, that is who you're dealing with Cleveland Browns fans. Yeah. And I wanted to use, you know, a, a quote, like some kind of audio clip we could play of Greg Williams, but there aren't many to find on YouTube without being just like laced in F bombs. And like, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. That's what I figure. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on from that. That just we th- I thought we should we should note that and maybe pour one out for uh, for Jeff and Rob. Yep. Trade deadline in the NFL was three o'clock p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, and boy, were there some moves, Zach. I know you were just like giddy at your house, dude. I, I loved it. I had the alerts on my phone, and every time it went off, it was it was crazy to look down and be like, whoa, you know. I mean, that that was. I feel like that was a pretty active uh, trade deadline. I liked it. Do you remember in years past, Zach? I mean, obviously, since we've been playing fantasy football, we keep up with this a lot more. But, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago, three, four seasons ago, where the trade deadline was like a meaningless day because nothing was really happening. It was it was not treated like it is now, where now it almost feels like the day free agency breaks open in terms of yeah. all the moves. Yes, yeah. It, that was different for sure, um, the, you know, this yesterday, Tuesday. Um the only other thing I remember being like this was when I was playing fantasy basketball years ago and Chris Weber got traded in the middle, you know, around the trade deadline. This, this kind of goes up there around that level for me um, just because, you know, Demarius getting traded was a big name and Ty Montgomery and all these guys. It was just a lot of moves. Can that be the last time we ever talk about fantasy basketball on this podcast? Dude, I would, I was, it's kind of fun, and the NBA has been fun, but it's just a lot of work. So It's hard to keep up yeah. with. Okay, we'll, we'll stop. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so the trade deadline, though, Zach, there is a reason that a lot of these names were traded from their previous teams. I'll say that as a preface because there, it just seems like there's a lot of guys on this list who uh, they're, they're old or they've been unproductive or just, you know, they made, they made some sense. So you mentioned this guy already, the biggest name that was traded I would say it was Demarius Thomas traded from the Denver Broncos to the Houston Texans for a 2019 fourth-round pick, and they swapped sevenths in 2020. Um, so Demarius Thomas, Zach, he turns 31 on Christmas Day this year, and he only has one year left on his deal after this year. And that deal next year, the one year he has left for Houston, they owe him $14 million. So what did like seeing this trade? What does this mean? Like what did what's what's Houston saying with this trade, Zach? Yeah, I just I mean Houston, they're just trying to put a band aid on you know losing Will Fuller basically. 
And I just think it's crazy to think about Will Fuller just going down. And I wonder if the thought crossed to Marius's mind that, you know, I could be going there. You know, it's just kind of crazy how that happened. And then this happened so quickly after. Yeah, and receivers have a little bit more of a shelf life than running backs. You know, he's, like I said, he's turning 31 on Christmas, whereas a running back, you wouldn't even talk about them at age 31 unless they're, you know, their name's Adrian Peterson. So I think Demarius, he might have a few seasons left in him, who knows, but this is usually around the time where running backs, I mean, uh, receivers, I should say, start to decline. So yeah. they, may, they may just get the rest of this year out of them. Yeah, and uh, how crazy is it that they are playing each other this week? Like, I want to see Oh, that. yeah. You know, I want to see, I want to see the at least the beginning of it. That's crazy. Yeah, that'd be a great game. Uh, the next biggest name here, arguably bigger than even Demarius Thomas, is uh, Golden Tate, the Detroit Lions trade Tate to the Eagles for a 2019 third-round pick. And this was one that I was really paying attention to because I thought that maybe this might end up being a trade with the Titans. Uh, Golden Tate from Hendersonville went to Pope John Paul II in high school, so I thought maybe they'd work a deal to have him come home. But uh, Golden Tate gets traded to the Eagles, this was a, this was probably the most impactful trade of the deadline. Wouldn't you agree? You think this one was the most impactful? I'll say that just because of fantasy impact. So oh, okay. Golden Tate, uh, previously a member of, of uh, Kemp's crew with Jake, we'll talk about that trade a little later. Uh, Golden Tate traded in real life and traded in fantasy in our league. But um, he had a week, a week six bye when he was with the Lions. And now this week, his first week at the Eagles, he's on a bye week. So he gets the rare double bye week in one season. Yeah. Um, Golden Tate's contract ends this season too. So Philadelphia will be required to re-sign him and, and sign a new deal. Just like Demarius, Golden Tate is turning 31 during the preseason next year. And so, you know, it's, it's a guy that who knows how much he's got left in the tank. Um, but I'll say this, it was, impa- it was impactful for fantasy. It was really impactful for uh, the Lions with fantasy because – you know, the stock of Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay goes way up, I would say. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because Golden Tate was 27% of Detroit's passing targets so far. Okay. So that's a, that's a lot more than I even thought. Um, so that gives a, a lot of opportunity to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. We'll see what happens there. You mentioned this name, Zach, Ty Montgomery, the running back slash wide receiver, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they trade him to the Ravens for a 2027th round pick. That's like peanuts. A, se- a 2020, so not next year, but the year after, a seventh-round pick. I mean, that is like – you might as well have just given him away for like a ham sandwich. Yeah, I heard somebody on the radio, and they said that this trade was kind of like they were just getting rid of him. You know, like they were just – they were done with him. Uh, I'm not sure what internally what was going on maybe with – he was complaining about his role or something like that. I've heard that, but it was just like, hey, let's just move on from this. Let's not talk about it anymore. Let's just go. So what happened was on Sunday, there is a story behind this. On Sunday, when they played against the Rams, they're down by two points with enough time to give Aaron Rodgers the ball and score. And apparently Ty Montgomery, I think he's been unhappy with his role. He was reduced like a special teams player. And he was on the kick on a kick return. And so he's back deep in the end zone. Apparently he was supposed to take a knee. He went beyond, uh, you know, lieutenant orders I should say and fumbled on the kickoff and the Rams recovered and they end up winning the game so um, I think that was what set it off for Green Bay and they decided to to ship him out of town they also ship out haha Clinton Dix they they make two trades on the deadline they send the uh, safety to the Washington Redskins for a 2019 fourth round pick not big for fantasy obviously who cares but 
man, the Redskins are five and two. They're in first place in the NFC East. And I would say, Zach, that's a shocker through eight weeks that the, the Redskins are five and two. Yeah, for real. And I mean, it's not like Alex Smith has been lighting the world on fire. Yeah. And, and what's amazing too is haha Clinton Dix. You wouldn't think that uh, Washington needed a lot of defensive help. I mean, they had the fourth ranked defense in terms of yards per game uh, through eight weeks. Uh, so a lot more impressive than probably we would have thought uh, heading into the season. Yeah. And then the last trade, this one actually broke. I think the news was probably 10, 15 minutes before the deadline at 3 p.m. Central time. But the Jacksonville Jaguars trade, uh, um, can't think of his first name right now. Oh, Dante Fowler. Right. Yeah. Dante Fowler Jr. to the Rams for a 2019 third-round pick and a 2020 fifth-round pick. So um, – I don't really understand this move. I, I get it for the Jags. I mean, you know, hasn't hasn't really produced in his uh, three years, two and a half years or whatever in the league. And it just – it feels like the Rams have made comments that they needed pass rushing help. I don't really understand why they felt that they needed pass rushing help. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Donald, who I mentioned earlier, he already has 10 sacks through just eight games. Uh, but they felt like the pass rush wasn't good enough. Uh, so they make this trade right before the deadline. Zach, I, I take it back. Dante Fowler was drafted third overall by the Jags in 2015, right behind Mariota and Winston. Did you realize he was drafted that high? I did not. Names in the top 15 in the 2015 draft, which is looking like one of the worst drafts of the last decade. You ready for this? Okay. Uh, first overall, of course, Jameis Winston. He's been benched. Uh, number two overall, Mariota. I mean, he's been injured and unproven so far, I would say. Jury's still out. Number three, Fowler, like I just mentioned, was traded. Number four, Amari Cooper, traded. Kevin White, number seven, injured. He's a bust. Number nine, Eric Flowers, the left tackle, cut by the Giants. Danny Shelton, traded to the Patriots. Number 14, Devontae Parker, he wants out of Miami. I mean, that was an awful first, you know, half of the, the first round of that draft. Yeah, for real. So uh, those were all the trades from this week. I definitely saw more movement than I think we even thought. And we'll cover the CMB, the trades within our league, here in a little bit. Uh, Zach, you already mentioned it with Will Fuller, the fifth. Uh, we'll move on to some injuries here. He is out for the season, a torn ACL late in garbage time in the Texans. Big win over the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football last week. This was like a day after we recorded the last podcast, so we didn't get to talk about this. Um, I will say, though, Zach, I want to brag, but uh, a Will Fuller touchdown was my bold prediction last week but it comes at the cost of a jinx, uh, of course, because he tears his ACL. I mean, he scored 23.4 points. He had five catches on six targets for 124 yards and a score, uh, but his season's done. Yep. So, he gone. That was really the biggest injury uh, of the week. I will say this, Zach, a little bit of optimism. Dalvin Cook running back for the Vikings with his hamstring injury. He was limited in practice today, Zach. Who cares? Move on. What if, if he's a full participant, let's say we Friday. Care. We don't care. You don't play him? No. All right. Uh, a former running back of H&F. This is Ronald Jones, the second now member of Isaiah 4031. Oh, look, you handed off your hamstring injuries to Jordan for Ronald Jones, the second. Oh, likely out two weeks. Um, so it was good to get that monkey off the back, I would, I would I say. I feel like the hamstring is like the new sprained ankle. You know, I feel like people are coming back sooner from sprained ankles then people come back from hamstring injuries now. So, oh, I agree. It's hamstring is, uh, oh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, really a light week in terms of injuries, which is a good thing. Um, and, Zach, I'm just I'm trying to give you optimism with Dalvin Cook. You don't want to take it. I don't. 
I don't want to take it. All right. With that, let's take a trip around CMB. We'll recap week eight. Zach, do you have an all-pro team ready for us? Yeah, I've got it. Um, your all-pro team for week eight, your top quarterback was Deshaun Watson, 38.35 points. Marvin Jones Jr., 30.70, tied with Sammy Watkins for the same amount of points. James Conner, 38.20. Todd Gurley, 33.50. Top tight end, Travis Kelsey, 21.15. And your flex was Mike Evans, 29.90. Your top kickers tied was uh, Lutz and Lambeau with 16. And then your top DST was New England with 23. Your top IDPs, Jordan Evans, 21.75. Jesse Bates, the third, 21. D4, 20. Uh, Swearinger, senior, 18.25. And then PJ Williams with 18, bringing us down to 360.50, which is really low. That might have been the lowest yet. Yeah, you didn't mention the the teams that or the managers that those players belong to, but it should be noted that Kevin White had the top quarterback and the top receiver in Mike Evans and Deshaun Watson. But he didn't even start Deshaun Watson. He started the number two quarterback from this week, Patrick Mahomes, and he destroyed me uh, with these massive weeks. Yeah. Whew. He has the top two quarterbacks in fantasy right now. Does he? One's on the bench. I thought, I thought uh, somebody else was higher, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, Watson has not been as high as Mahomes. Mahomes is a starter, and he's just every week putting up 30-plus. I saw this week the projected point total from Yahoo for Patrick Mahomes is 32 points. Have you ever seen a player in the 30s in projections? Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, your top two fantasy quarterbacks are Mahomes and then not Deshaun Watson. Any idea who it is? Number two quarterback. Well, it's not my boy Fitzy because he missed a couple of weeks. No, it is not. It's Andrew Luck. How about that? Oh, I believe that. Yeah, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, Cousins, Goff, Cam Newton, then Deshaun Watson. Well, so he had the top two quarterbacks on his roster from last week. But, oh, man, he's, yeah. he is in a solid position, I would say, right now with Absolutely. his receivers gotta, and quarterbacks. Got to account for bye weeks in there, too. That could be inflating somebody's stats or something. Who knows? Yeah, bye weeks are certainly – this is week eight and week nine are always the big weeks for bye weeks in the NFL. Uh, so it certainly will affect this week's matchups. But looking at last week, though – Zach, the standings definitely made a big shift, I would say, just in one week. Uh, anything come to mind when you look at the, the standings right now? Uh, strong side's on a roll. They are all the way up to number two. And uh, Jake's staying strong at number one. Um, but, no, I mean, other than that, no real shakeups. Almond Brothers rise, you know, from the bottom. So, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's kind of the latest. I know you hate me mentioning this, but I feel like I need to use it every week. Jake is the undisputed first place team right now. He is, and strong side, they've got the same record as him, so they're uh, they're about eighty something points behind him. So yeah, he's Jake's team's doing well. Yeah, they're both six and two, but I will say Jake is the only team above fifteen hundred points right now. Yes. He's on, he's on fire. Another thing I noticed, too, looking at the standings, it doesn't really affect the standings, but I see it here when I look. Jordan I want is and spend some money in fab. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. $5. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, yeah, it was good to see Jordan I want is on the board. Yep. Uh, and then West Coast Wombats, this is another thing I noticed. They are in sixth place, so they are playoff eligible, but they have the second fewest points for. That's pretty amazing. Derek Henry. That's what it is, yeah. All right, so let's recap real quick, Zach, before we start doing our picks of the week and previewing next or this coming up week. Uh, Zach, we had some locks and some bold predictions from last week. Zach, I think this is the first time you've done these officially, uh, and I'll say it right off the bat. You went one and one. Okay. 
What was um, my last week? What was it? So your bold prediction from last week was that Fred Warner, the linebacker for the 49ers, oh, yeah. Yeah. A, member of, a member of Greg Co. would have 13 tackles, would be the best IDP. Took a big L there. What did he get? So he only had six tackles, and he was actually the fourth best IDP on Greg Co. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Greg. He had, he had three other IDPs that scored higher. So Apologize. That's all right. But you did get your lock of the week was accurate. You picked Greg to win, and he won a 7.25 win over ECW. So don't have to apologize to Greg there. You picked him to win. Okay. I, I predicted, like I said, that Will Fuller touchdown. I got that one right. And then I predicted the Allman brothers to get their first win in a long time uh, to win over your worst nightmare. They win by 25.10 points. So. That was last week's locks and bold predictions. We'll recap this week uh, for next week. And uh, I kind of like having this accountability. It, it, it's nice to, to talk about our wins and losses. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's preview week nine, Zach. And before we do the picks of the week, um, let's talk about some movement within our league. Uh, there was uh, a lot of fab movement this week, I'll say. Uh, I'll recap these real quick, Zach. So Dallas's defense special teams goes to IDP still suck for $2.00. Dragon Energy also bid $1. And the reason I mention this is Rish, Jay, and Jacob, I feel like they're like three of the biggest Titans fans in our league. And all three of them tried to bid for Dallas to against uh, the Titans on Monday night. Oh, wow. Not feeling very confident. Yeah. Uh, next one here, this was a receiver. Now, this was, this was the highest week by far in terms of uh, fab spin. And it's not even close. So DJ Moore, receiver for the Carolina Panthers, Panthers, the rookie, goes to Dragon Energy for $14. That was the first that Rish has spent. So he's now down to 86 spent all of his money uh, this week on DJ Moore uh, for $14. H&F, you guys also bid 13 East Coast bid 12 Kemp's crew bid 10 I bid 10 and IDP's bid 10 So DJ Moore had you know a pretty solid week. He's kind of emerging now in Carolina. Zach, did you guys have him and drop him? Yes, multiple times, and uh, he just hadn't got the snaps, you know. So he had a he had a couple good weeks, and you know, um, so we we definitely like the potential that he has. I just think he's good. Another receiver here, another rookie receiver. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but this is Kiki QT, rookie for the uh, Houston Texans. We talked about the injury with uh, Will Fuller going down, so he was a hot name. IDP still suck gets QT for eighteen dollars. Uh, the next two highest bids, this was a tie between East Coast Wombats and myself for 8 bucks. So IDP spent 10 more than the next highest, but they wanted QT and they got him. Yep. And I'll say this about, about that move was I, I didn't see that coming in terms of, of QT going for 18 bucks, And that's mainly just because um, after the Demarius Thomas trade, I thought, okay, his value's gone down. Like I, my original bid actually was 18 on QT, and I changed it to eight because I didn't think anyone would go after him after Demarius Thomas was traded to the Texans. Was that, did you think the same Zach? Yeah, I kind of thought that as well. Well, it was interesting too, is the, the trade deadlines at three o'clock and then at about six o'clock, I took Jacob Adams to the Preds game uh, Tuesday night. So we were talking about uh, fantasy a little bit. We're walking over the pedestrian bridge to get to the game. And I said to him, I said, I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with fab this week. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, Kiki Cutie's a guy I'm looking at, but, you know, Demarius Thomas just got traded to the Texans, so I, I lowered my bid. He's like, oh. He's like, oh. So they win for $18. Yeah. 
All right. All right. And then the biggest bid, uh, I don't think of the season thus far, Zach, but it might be. I can't think of one that was higher. Bill uh, was up there. I think for some reason I want to think $42 for Philip Lindsay. I think, I think that's right. Um, Fitzmagic is alive and well. It's back. And Fitzmagic named the starting quarterback again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, formerly of pace in your face. I drop him after Winston is named the starter. And then here I am trying to bid for him again. I bid $25. Didn't win out on Fitzmagic because my co-host here, Zach, bid $45. We're all in. $45, Zach. That's a lot. Yeah, we're all in. Um, We're out of fab, and it feels good. Um, I don't have to worry about should we raise that, lower that bid. No more of that nonsense. We'll just take the crumbs from here out. Um, I feel like we've been managing a a ship getting shot over and over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that must feel good. I'm not in that spot. Obviously, I have a lot of fab left. And I, to me, bidding $25 on – Ryan Fitzpatrick, I thought, was swinging for the fences. Like, I thought, no one's going to come close. This is me, you know, breaking the bank for Fitzmagic, but I should have gone a little higher. Yeah, I mean, what we just had to do it. We had been looking at some trades, you know, seeing if anybody – been texting a lot of the managers, seeing if anybody wanted to trade a backup and stuff, and we potentially had one in, in you know, the works. But um, I just felt that if we didn't get him here – that was going to, you know, we were going to have to bust up our team pretty good to get somebody. So we went all in. Had you not traded away Philip Rivers to Isaiah 4031, would you guys have made this move? Absolutely not. And thanks for bringing that back up as well. Oh, sorry. I, I feel like when we make trades from now on, you should just discuss it. No, just, <laughs> just say it. Just say what happened and then move on. Because, like, I feel like when you kind of talk about it, it's blowing up in our face so like let's just let's just move on let's move on right now let's move on truthfully i wasn't trying to bring up the trade or just move on all right go go the non-competes in fab this week these are players that were bid on without any other bids san francisco's defense special teams goes to isaiah 40 31 for five dollars this is jordan's first time spending money in fab this year now with 95 bucks left he spends it on san francisco's defense uh, another defense that was uh, was bid on this week, Strong Side gets Green Bay for four dollars with no other bids. Uh, Desmond King and IDP goes to Strong Side for three dollars, and then Kemp's crew buys uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, the receiver for the Packers, for three dollars. You guys also dropped him, right? Yeah, we had him at one point, I'm sure. Yeah, he was on the carousel. Uh, and then kicker Graham Gano, you don't see this a lot. IDP still suck pays $2 for the Carolina Panthers kicker. I was surprised to see that. And then I bid $2 on TJ Jones, who I think they said now is going to replace the Kenny Galladay role in Detroit. So with Golden Tate going to Philadelphia, TJ Jones is the new, uh, maybe he's the new slot guy. Who knows? Um, Those were all the fab bids. Big week for fab. I hope it picks up now with the, uh, the playoffs getting closer and closer and that, Zach, you don't regret burning all of your fab dollars let's not talk about it anymore don't talk about our team i'm scared i thought thought it felt good it did feel good but we we need to move on all right let's move on cmb trades there were two trades this week zach or since we did the podcast both of these trades involved the same two teams so the first one here kemp's crew traded frank gore to isaiah 4031 for ito smith this was last friday i don't understand that move at all by jordan but here we are uh, and then Kemp's crew, another trade with Jordan. Kemp's crew trades Muhammad Sanu 
Golden Tate and Wendell Smallwood to Jordan for Deshaun Jackson and Cameron Brait. And I don't know. And then he drops Cameron Brait. So it's a three for one. So, Zach, I think Jordan won this trade. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't pick a winner or loser right away. I know Jake is, is maybe having his own hesitations looking at this, but, um, and all it takes is one, one of these guys, if Deshaun Jackson goes down, uh, Jake's in trouble. And I know Golden Tate was a guy he maybe had been shopping before. Jake has Zach Ertz on his team already. And that's a guy who I think is competing targets now with Golden Tate. Uh, they have similar route patterns over the middle. So, yeah. Uh, having Ertz and Tate on the same team is not something favorable for, for Jake. Right. And Jake needed roster spots. So he was, he's just doing a three for one essentially here. Cause his whole team's on a buy. So, I mean, it makes sense. So I talked to Jake about his trade and I, I said that Jordan was getting uh Muhammad Sanu sloppy seconds. <laughs> Cause I just traded him away to, to yeah. Kemp's crew. So uh, those were the trades. Zach, do you know when our trade deadline is? Is there a date? Uh, November 10th. November, November 10th. 10th. So in, I guess, two episodes from now or maybe even next episode, we're, it's, it's go time. Zach, let's move on here real quick. We'll move on to the big segment of our Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. All right, Zach, something a little different for the holiday theme. We're going to do our standard locks and bold predictions of the week, but let's also, Zach, let's do a special trick-or-treat edition. Yes, let's do that. And hey, before we start, real quick, just an update on League Pick'em. Um, Matt is in the lead right now, making picks. So he has 36 points. Second is Gregco with 34. And there's a few of us tied at 33. Everybody's pretty close. So uh, anyway, Suggs is the new leader. All right, Zach, we've done Trick or Treat before. We're going to do it a little differently. And for each matchup, Zach, and maybe if you don't have one, we'll just move on. But Let's try and do a trick or a treat in these matchups when we make our picks. So uh, let's start here. First matchup, Big Orange Bully sitting in eighth place versus Isaiah 4031 at 14. I I hate to do it, Jordan. And I like that trade you just made with Jake, but I'm picking Big Orange Bullies. It's the Eagles bye week, which means it's also Jordan's bye week. Jordan has Carson Wentz, Golden Tate, Wendell Smallwood, Daryl Sproles, Philadelphia's defense special teams, and Mike Wallace. He has six Eagles on his team, and they're all on bye weeks. It's, it's looking rough for Jordan, man. He's, he's starting uh, – the wide receiver opposite Emmanuel Sanders is the number three receiver in Atlanta in Mohamed Sanu, and his two running backs are both kind of low-volume backups in Frank Gore and Devontae Booker. So this is a rough one for Jordan. I'm going to yeah. give this one to Chase, and I'm going to lock this one up. Oh. My lock of the week. All right. Yeah, I'm going to pick Chase as well on this one. Um, I think the trick for uh, possibly for Jordan in his lineup could very well be Devontae Booker, um, unless, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay or whoever it is, Royce Freeman's out. Um, and the treat is going to be Corey Davis on Monday Night Football coming out game. I said, I actually wrote this down in my notes, that my trick is Corey Davis. Oh. Dallas gives up the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So I'm picking my, my trick as Corey Davis. You're picking uh, him as a treat. Yep. Right. I like this. Let's write it down. Next matchup here, East Coast Wombats, number five, surprisingly, versus IDP Still Suck, number 11. My pick is IDP Still Suck this week. 
they need to get on the right track and get back in the playoff hunt. And I think they win their second uh, game in a row this week. Big performances I'm predicting for Carryon Johnson and Chris Thompson. Um, ECW has the other running back in Washington and Adrian Peterson. And the Redskins play Atlanta this week. Atlanta's giving up the most fantasy points to running backs this year. So one of those running backs between Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson is going to eat this week. And I think it's Thompson's week. All right. I'm going to give it to uh, IDPs as well. I think they're going to get on the right track. Treat's going to be Gronk. He's going to get going. And I'm also going to pick um, a treat for Julio Jones. He's going to get going as well. These two guys, I mean, like first round picks for both of these teams, I think. And I think they're, they're going to get going. I don't have a trick. It's a rough bye week for ECW. I mean, they have Barkley, Eric Ebron, TJ Yeldon, Carlos bless, Hyde. Bless their hearts. Without yes. Barkley. Bless their hearts. I didn't even bring it up. You brought it up. Okay. Okay. Move on. Move on. I had, I, hey, I, I had the same treat, though, as you mentioned. I think against Green Bay, Gronk is going to score his first touchdown since week one. Next matchup, West Coast Wombats, number six versus Greg Coe, number 10. I'm picking Greg Coe. Tyler Lockett, he's been steady for Russell Wilson so far. Um, he hasn't scored fewer than 10 points in any game this season. Lockett hasn't. And even better, Todd Gurley hasn't scored fewer than 24 points yet all season. Well worth the first overall pick. My bold prediction, though, Zach. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. The Saints will snap the Rams 8-0 start when they travel to the Superdome. Okay, I like it's, it. It's going to be like a 45-41 to 41 game. Lots of points scored. But um, bold prediction, I'm picking the Saints to upset the Rams in their winless streak, or their uh, undefeated streak, I should say. The treat in this one, Derrick Henry. Ooh. We've, we've talked about him in a negative light in recent weeks, deservedly so. But his awful start to 2018 ends this week against Dallas on Monday Night Football. The Titans just re-signed Jolson Fowler, the fullback, and I think that's what uh, Derrick Henry is going to need this week to get it going. I say uh, not a big week from Derrick Henry, but better than he's had. Okay. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm just going to have to pick Greco as well. I just I got to see it first from Derrick Henry. I think if they got a new running back instead of Derrick Henry, they would just be really good. Um, that's just a sore spot. I know right now they – having to fill in a, a tight end this week. But, yeah, I'm going to give it to Greco. All right, Zach, go ahead and pick. Why am I going to lose this week to Tecmo? Well, uh, they're on fire. Tecmo's on fire. Uh, Jeff and Rob been talking up their team. Tyree killed. Um, James White looks really good. I don't know about Sony Michelle, man. I, I don't know. You just never know with the Patriots. So, it's really tough. They got Galladay. So, I mean, there's just too many pros going. I, I got to go Tecmo. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pick myself. Um, so Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson just fired by the Browns. Who knows what they're going to do on offense, but Baker Mayfield, I think he's actually happy about this move. I don't think – watching hard knocks and seeing how he's played in this offense, he's probably excited to see that both those guys go. So I think he just gets to throw it around against Kansas City, who has a pretty bad secondary, all things considered. So I'm going to pick myself. I'll say, though, I'm going to give myself a trick – and that is Sammy Watkins. I know he put up 30 points last week with those two touchdowns, but that could be deceiving. And to all those teams, though, I will say to all those teams that I tried shopping Sammy Watkins to earlier, uh, you got banged last week when he scored 30 points. Yeah, for real. So pick and pace in your face. Zach, next one here. This is your matchup. H&F Industries, number nine, versus Dragon Energy. Number four, Rish is climbing back to the top. Um, Zach, who do you think wins this one? I'm hoping we win it. What uh what gets it done this week? Is it Fitzmagic? 
I don't even want to talk about our team. I'm just terrified of them. Yeah, Rish has a bad buy situation this week, like really bad. A.J. Green's on buy, Odell Beckham Jr.'s on buy, and Tyler Boyd is on buy, Joe Mixon's on buy, and Naheem Hines is on buy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this one's going to H&F. It's not even close. Uh, I'm sorry, Rish. Sorry. Let's move on. Uh, I, I will say, though, Zach, you have a treat in Adam Thielen. I don't even have to say Pace. it. No, Pace. I don't want to – I'm afraid of this. Here, let me finish. I, I, I don't even have to say it. He's the best receiver in the NFL – the best fantasy receiver and Stephon Diggs might be out this week. They're saying he's injured. So uh, Adam Thielen, big week. Oh, also Aaron Jones, big week because uh, Ty Montgomery just got oh shipped out of town. Gosh. I'm going to mute you. Go. All right, let's keep going. Uh, next match up here, strong side, number two, surprisingly, versus Kemp's crew, number one. This is the number one and the number two team. I shouldn't say surprisingly Ooh. about strong side, but Whoa. they're they're sneaking their way to the top. So number one and number two overall play this week. Zach, who wins this one? Uh, it's going to be strong side. Jake's got so many people on a buy. You know, when he yep. made that trade today, I was like, what's going on? And I looked at his team and I sent him a text. I said, this was the week we needed to face you, you know, not last week. And, uh, man, yeah. But, hey, you never know. Crazy things happen. But uh, I'm going to put my vote with strong side. Remember that time I traded Keenum to Kemp's crew and you said he's going to drop him right away? Yeah, he's starting him. Yeah. He's in his starting lineup over Ben Roethlisberger. I like it. I like it. I like it. He also has Tevin Coleman, my other bit of sloppy seconds on his roster. This is not a good team this week that Jake has out there. Zach Gertz is on a bye. It's just – it's going to be rough, I think, for, for Jake. Uh, and I'm going to give this to strong side, and Matt and John will move into first place. Whoa. All right. With this win. Um, any tricks or treats, Zach? I'm going to say a treat is going to be Deshaun Jackson, who he just got. I like that connection, you know, with, uh, with a beard. Trick, uh, I think Lamar Miller is going to get shut down by Denver. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the Lamar Miller, but, yeah, I, I have nothing for this matchup. This is it's, – it's going to go to – it's going to be a really close one. It's going to be a great number one versus number two matchup, but I'm giving it to strong side just to, to be contrarian. All right, last one here, Zach. This is your worst nightmare, Kevin, number seven. Kevin Seven versus the Allman Brothers, number 13. It's time for the Call of the Week. Joining the podcast for their first ever, maybe, guest uh, interview with uh, the combined team of the Allman Brothers, James Lane and Blake Keelan. Guys, is this the first time you've come on together as a team? No, uh, I don't believe so. I think last year, yeah, we were yeah. together. Yeah, That's right, when we introduced you guys, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Get it right, Pace. Come on. It's always dealing with professionals here, but I guess I'm so. not doing your research. Going to have to get Mr. Garrison back on the line. <laughs> All right, sorry for the mistake there, guys. But after playing together for one year, uh, maybe James, what was it like bringing Blake on? Are you happy you made the decision to, to reach out to Blake, your old buddy? You know, I've never been more excited and uh, honored to play with someone as I am to play with Blake. Blake, do you feel the same way? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, just the, the collaboration that we have. And uh, our minds alone are already pretty amazing and, and on borderline genius. But when you put our minds together like, like we have been, it, it's almost unfair, really. But so it's, uh, it, it's, been, it's been a pleasure, definitely. 
If you guys can, James and Blake, take us backstage on draft night in the college side gym when Ryan Risher approached you about trading the first round pick. None of us really understand the logic. We know you guys moved up to the number two overall pick. Uh, what was going on? Kind of give us like the oral history of what happened during that trade. Uh, we really feel like we didn't really understand what was going on there either. Uh, the only advice I have moving forward with Ryan Risher is donut make a trade with Ryan because there's no telling what in the world he's talking about. He just says so many words that we are like, Oh, so, okay. And when it came around, we got the second, the whole snake thing he traded in really messed us up. We thought we were coming out on top of that deal. And really we ended up almost seemingly skip some picks. It felt like Blake, you agree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I showed up that night. I was already feeling kind of under the weather stick. So I was just kind of a, you know, I was kind of like just a, a, a screw it attitude. I said, you know, let's do it. I, mean, I didn't really know what was going on either. So we just kind of pulled the trigger on it. And, you know, here we are today. So, so and guys, it was a moment of vulnerability, obviously, that Risher yeah. saw as soon as he walked in that, that my partner Blake was feeling a little under the weather. I was, I was concerned about his health. And I felt like Risher just made you take advantage of that moment. Well, he's a realtor now. He's a, he's a salesman. He's a predator. Well, that's what he is. He's a, he's a predator. Is what he is. <laughs> and, guys, you, you trade from number seven and number two and take Le'Veon Bell. I know you guys were probably excited thinking that he'd come back this season. How disappointing has that whole situation been with, with Le'Veon Bell so far? Yeah, yeah, pretty disappointing. You know, I felt like it might have been a little selfish on Mr. Bell's part. Uh, we sat down, had lots of meetings with him, tried to work it out to get him to get there for the first week, but he just didn't want to cooperate with us. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. It seemed like even last year, our first round pick didn't turn out the best way. Um, we you know what we hoped, but uh, you know I, I think the rest of our team has been pretty strong, and you know really I don't think the Le'Veon Bell absence has has been too been too big uh, big on our our performance. So. It, it can and be. as an organization, we we can't say enough about uh, Mr. Connor and the way that he stepped up and really right. taken the reins. Yeah, yeah I, was about to, I was about to say that's probably the steal of the draft. I mean, I know you guys were probably just drafting him as a handcuff or Bell, but uh, he's a top five running back in fantasy. You know, you guys picked him in round 20, the seventh pick there. So you, you're probably pretty excited about James Connor. Yes, yes, we are. And we also felt, you know, we rolled the dice on Bell with the uh, holdout. We also went ahead and rolled the dice on Khalil Mack and not being on a team at that moment. And that one worked out for us pretty well. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Greg came on this podcast the week after the draft, and he said that he audibly heard both you and Blake, James, um, sigh when he took Todd Gurley. Why were you guys so upset that Gurley went number one, besides the obvious? Um, I mean, I don't know what Greg was hearing. Uh, I mean, I was – I mean, he – you probably heard I was upset over, you know, some of the food being missing or something. But, uh, um, but no, no, talk her. I mean, you know, we we didn't need him, honestly. I mean, I'm kind of glad he's not on our team. It's just what it is what it is. So yeah, Todd Gurley being missed out, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and I think you guys made up for the Todd Gurley pick. We're, not, we're missing out on Gurley with some of James's shark facts. James, what was your favorite shark fact from this year's draft? You know, I like to bring in the obscure sharks uh, that people don't know about. Everyone knows about a great wide. Everyone knows about the whale shark being the largest, you know, fish. Uh, but when you really get down into the depths of the ocean and the deep, dark stuff like the goblin shark, that's one that really, you know, that keeps people coming back for shark facts, you know. So that's what I, I really enjoy about the shark facts is just sharing a little bit of knowledge 
with the people. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like you know toot your train, but that's probably becoming the best part, the best shtick at the draft. I'll say that. Well, you can only shake another man's hand so long before we all know what's happening, and it just kind of loses its <laughs> luster. But new facts about a shark. Sharks you may never even heard of. I mean, that's, that's going to be something that's going to be around for years, millions of years, just like the sharks. Blake, I feel like I know James's answer to this next question, so I'll ask you. We asked uh, last week Rob and Jeff Gaw on the podcast that if we had a keeper system in our league, who'd be the one player that you would keep and be able to have you know, forever and through eternity? Who's the one player on your roster, Blake, that you'd say if we could keep, you guys would, you guys would keep forever? I'd say the way, the way things looking, of course, uh, Connor would probably be the one we would keep. Um, you know, it's uh, Brady's had a good year, but I'm sure his his days are you know his years are numbered. His seasons are starting to run out. But uh, Connor's young. I think he's 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 hot right now. He's confident. Um, so I think he'd be he's going to be uh, some somebody to watch for the next few years. I would I would definitely be uh, proud to be able to keep him on the team. James, is there a certain receiver right now in Miami that you'd want to keep forever? I think we all know who it would be. Uh, yes, Mr. Uh, Armandella, Armadillo himself. Uh, I agree with Blake, however, that, you know, on a GM move on what's going to be best for the team, James Conner would be the smartest choice. Young, you know, just getting his break this year. But on a, uh, you know, just a pure love of the game, and a love for Taylor Cup, who we used to have in our league as a partner. Uh, Mr. Armadillo, obviously, would be the easy answer. Even after he retires, I would still hold a spot for him. Yeah, Taylor Cup, RIP. Uh, hey, guys, match up this week with Kevin White, your worst nightmare. Uh, sitting there at seventh place, Kevin is, and you guys are clawing back. Uh, you guys are away from ice bucket contention, at least after last week with the big win. I, you know, I did pick you guys to win. I don't know if you guys heard that on the podcast, but that was my bold prediction was you guys to win. It was my lock of the week. Mm, mm, appreciate that. You know, we've just had some some hard games this year, had some injuries, had some uh, questionable people that decided they were going to play but really weren't ready. And so we're just really playing for not last place. And if Kevin can help us out with that, then we will graciously take his help. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got to – a few teams on by this week, and hopefully, uh, you know, that's not going to affect anything. Hopefully, our players that are going to be suiting up this Sunday will will help us get uh, get through the week and get us the W. There's still about six weeks before we find out who is the ice ice bucket loser, winner, whatever you want to call it. Uh, do you guys have an idea in mind if you guys were to get the ice bucket, what you would do? I've been working one. I haven't gone over it with Blake yet, but uh, it would definitely take some planning with us you know, managing from different cities so that way we have the most impact out there as we try to recruit players for our team. Uh, we do have to work a little bit harder on uh, planning things like the Ice Bucket Challenge, but I do have a good idea. I don't know if Blake has one yet or not. I uh, know. No, I'm, I'm, I'll probably just uh, follow James on this one. James, would you try and mimic maybe somebody who's done it in the past? Is there somebody that you like maybe? Oh, no, all original, all original. All right, I was – I Jake's, was, uh... Jake's had too much uh, – too much drama in it you know I feel like Kevin <laughs> Kevin kind of took an ice bucket bath but more like a ice is growing for a second and then he got off the slide I mean there's just you know there hasn't been really a true you know immersion a baptism one may say into the ice bucket and I yeah. think that you know if we find ourselves there we do want to do it justice I, I think I was fishing for a compliment from mine, but, you know, that's fine. We'll uh, we'll move on. Hopefully you guys don't win, and mine still is the best. But 
Uh, we'll move on. Zach, do you have anything for these guys before we part ways? Guys, uh, this is a very big question. What, which candy would be your number one overall pick in, the, in a candy mock draft? James, mm. we'll, start, we'll start with you, James. What's your number one overall pick? Candy, Halloween edition. I'm, I'm going to have to go Skittles. Skittles, okay. Mm-hmm. Blake? Twix. Definitely Twix. Wow, okay. All right. Uh, but both of those would probably end up holding out for the season or get injured and not be able to play <laughs> for us. So. James, yeah. James, I feel like you missed a golden opportunity to say shark gummies. Oh. Well, I mean, uh, you, you know, I don't want to overdo it. Like I said, we don't want it to become something that's, you know, predictable. I so, got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, best of luck this week with Kevin, and best of luck uh, clawing your way out of ice bucket contention. Uh, unless James has something really good in mind, then I hope you guys get it. But thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, all right. See you. They seem confident, obviously. I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. Every team that comes on here seems confident in their matchup. Uh, that's kind of goes without saying, especially Kevin when he comes on. But looking at this one, I've got to go with Kevin this week. Seeing what he did to me last week with Mahomes and Hopkins and Evans, I think they do it again this week. Kevin doesn't have hardly anyone on by. Uh, he's, he's got a pretty healthy roster. So let's give this one to Kevin. I'm going to buy what they're selling. I'm going with the Almond Brothers. I like it. Deion Lewis, treat. Oh. Uh, Chicago's defense, treat. Going up against Buffalo. I like it. All right. Bold prediction time. Not even bold prediction, but just a bold review. That was probably the best interview I think we've had ever through 99 episodes. Wow. Really? Internally, right. within, internally within the league. Yeah. Okay. Like, we've had some really good guests that have, like, covered other teams and, like, people outside the league. Those are separate. I think that was probably the hardest I've laughed at a guest we've had on from our own league. Oh, man, it was good. That was good. They're a good pair, man. James and Blake both. Absolutely. I uh, I was not expecting – like, I, I threw out the shark facts thing because I thought maybe, you know, I'd catch him and he wouldn't have one memorized, but he had a lot of shark facts ready to go. That was funny. And you were talking about the keeper thing. I was looking. They got James Conner. 20th I right mean, round 20 is just you know that's incredible out of 23 rounds got that value there so they I mean really five years from now what would be the highest pick third round if they kept keeping him over and over and over yeah I mean it just depends on how many times what our roles would be you know you, you would have like an escalator say it counts three points extra or three rounds extra or four or whatever you want it to be and then you could also cap it and say a maximum of, like, you can keep that player three times. That's it. And then they go back into the, you know, I don't know. But they if we just did three rounds, they could keep them for a while. All right. Once again, that was James and Blake of the Almond Brothers. I meant to ask them the actual, like, the origin, the genesis of the story of the Almond Brothers, but maybe for another time. All right. Volunteer voicemail. Zach, do we have anything this week? We don't have anything this week, but guys call in if you get a chance. We want to hear what your first overall pick is for the candy mock draft. Um, this is always interesting to me. So uh, 931-292-4848. 931-292-4848. All right, lastly, Zach, let's move on to the Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week! I have two for this week, and the first one is football-related. This is from probably top five of my favorite Twitter accounts. This is uh, at PFT Commoner on Twitter. This is from the guys from Pardon My Take. And this was a story, I think, that broke yesterday on, on Tuesday. 
And PFT, so the story is that Kyle Valletta, who is the backup quarterback for the New York Giants, he was arrested Tuesday morning for an incident that occurred while driving to the practice facility. Sources say he nearly struck police with his car. Um, PFT commenter retweets that and says, another disaster of a drive where a Giants quarterback fails to connect with a guy in a blue uniform. <laughs> There's just like so much depth to that tweet. It's, it's too good. That's good. All right, what do you got, Zach? I don't have one. I thought I had one, but I'm going to go with your second one here because uh, that was funny. So this is the this is the tweet of like the month. I would say I this was NBA Twitter right now is pretty good. I mean, we talked about the um, uh, Kawhi Leonard tweet last week, right? His laugh and the start yeah. of the NBA season. This next one is non-football related. This is another NBA tweet. This is in reference to the NBA All-Star Game from last February where Fergie sang the national anthem. And, Zach, do you remember how bad it was? Oh, yes. That was, it was unreal. I'm sure you listened to it. So Fergie had this awful rendition of the national anthem. She tried way too many things. She tried to be original, um, and it just didn't go over that well. Sometimes it's best to just, like, do the original thing. Fergie had this awful anthem. All the players in the court were seen laughing at it. And a random interview last week with Fox Sports and Josh Dumal, the actor, who is the ex-husband of Fergie, they asked him about the national anthem. And he just said, you know, I thought it was uh, not a great move by Draymond. And, you know, he knew he was on camera and he was snickering at Fergie. If he were a real man, he would apologize to Fergie, right? And so here's what he did instead. Zach, this has been getting in my head ever since I first heard this the other day over the weekend. And basically, I mean, you, you didn't have the context there, but that audio Zach just played was the entire starting five pretty much from the Golden State Warriors in the locker room. They're all like sitting, you know, you got Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and uh, Clay Thompson, and they're sitting at their lockers, knees wrapped up, and their feet are just sitting in these giant coolers with ice, and they're all like just bump into this remix of Fergie's National Anthem. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think it's really funny that the entire starting lineup for the Warriors is there, you know. I mean, Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> poor guys for an apology, and they remix her National Look, the best part is like Fergie seems like a really nice person given all this stuff. Uh, I, I don't know why, but in 2018, when you see somebody getting like roasted on the internet, you go straight to their Twitter account to see what their reaction is. You know what I'm talking about? And I go to Fergie's page and she was like really nice about it. She retweeted the video of them basically making fun of her. And she kind of just said, you know, I like the moves guys. Like, I don't know. She was, she was pretty cool about it. So those were the two top tweets of the week, I would say, by far. This was a hard week to pick, uh, pick a tweet of the week. So maybe next week, we'll, uh, you know, Twitter.com will step it up again. Uh, I think they will. Zach, great episode. The Halloween episode, I can't believe we recorded on Halloween. I hadn't eaten any candy yet, but we, uh, we did our, our candy draft. We took a trip around the league and uh, did some matchup picks, and then our conversation was really great with the Allman brothers. Zach. Take it away.
That's a W. That's E1.